0: Torah, Sefer Ishut Hilchot, sorry, Sefer Nashim Hilchot Ishut, the fifteenth chapter. This chapter will deal with something not so related to what we were, were talking about so far, which was the wedding, the marriage, kiddushin, etc. But rather something more individual, a mitzvah that applies to an individual, and that is the misvah of peru Urbu, which in time in the Torah is the first mitzvah that was. Uh, prescribed to humanity, it was prescribed to Adam Harishon. Of course, we don't do it because Adam Harishon did it. As with any misva that was given pre-Sinai, there was always a reiteration of that as we are going to see right now. Ona, <laughs> which we described in the last chapter, is a right the woman have has. However, if she is willing if she is is okay with uh, waving this right. That's fine with one proviso. But this is all when the man already has children. Because he already fulfilled the mitzvah of multiplying and uh, and and raising children. Peria is multiplying, and Revia means raising children. These are the two aspects. Of having children in in the Torah, it's not only obviously to to have lots of babies, but it's also to to uh, be be there for them. However, so long that the person has no children, then even if the wife waives the the the, the 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 right of ona that she has, he still has an independent obligation of being together with her to try to have children, and the frequency is the same as the ona. This is a misvat, a positive, and affirmative misvah from the Torah, the Torah Emar as it was said to Adam and then to Noah Peru You shall multiply and you shall raise children. lo The man is the one who has the obligation, was his misvah of multiplying. The misvat does not apply on the woman. From what moment in time does man become obligated to fulfill this precept? Around the age of 16 or 17. In the moment that a man is 20 years old and he's not married and he's not trying to have to have children, he's, at that moment, <laughs> he's uh, failing to fulfill a misvat ase. <laughs> <inaudible> However, if the reason that he's not getting married is because at that moment he's learning Torah, and he doesn't want to take on the responsibility of having to feed a family, which will make him stop from studying, so he is entitled to delay even further than 20 years of age following the rule that we have that because anytime someone is engaged in doing a mitzvah if another mitzvah comes by in many circumstances we invoke this rule to say that he is not obligated to engage in the second mitzvah since he's already engaging in one mitzvah, how much more so Talmud Torah, which is keneged kulam, as it is said in Masachet Pe'ah, and Haram Bam brought it in Talmud Torah, Paret Gimal. Halachah Gimal. Mishayah Ashkan Avshobah Torah Tamid, Veshagabha Kevin Azai. A person who wants to dedicate his life, full time, all time, to learning and studying Torah, and he, he actually was committed to the Torah just like Ben-Azai and all of his life he, he did not do anything else but rather decided to study only Torah and then he ended up not marrying anyone and a person like that, like Ben-Azai would not be considered someone who uh, D- failed for for no reason to fulfill the mitzvah, he has a good enough justification for not fulfilling periyah When are we saying this? So long as this doesn't mean that he starts having some problems, tensions inside his psyche with his drives, which is pretty normal. And in fact, the example that we have, Ben Azai, was the same person who said ben Omer, Ezehu gibora et yisro, uh, which meant that he he obviously was very, very conscious and cognizant of what it took to be on top of your yetzer, of your drive, and control it. On the other hand, we see that he was one of the three out of four that met a tragic end when dealing with subjects that were intellectually extreme, and and one of the reasons for that, as Hakan Fa'ur points out in his book, Amomisticus, he hints to it that the fact that Ben Azai never married might have affected the way he thought. And that is true. And we we know today from many, many great thinkers, including, of course, Carl Jung, another psychologist, that the moment you repress a certain drive, especially the strongest drive we have, which is the drive for intimacy, for for the sexual drive if that is repressed somehow that tension springs out elsewhere and it messes up a little bit with our cognition with the way that we think in certain areas and we might attribute we might be biased to attribute over importance to some things less importance to other things in fact this is not the healthy the healthiest path for anyone, and Harabbab might be hinting to that, that it's only okay so long as it doesn't affect you psychologically. But as I, as I just said, the Gemara makes a point that even Ben Azai, who is a paradigm of someone who really was in love with Torah, even he was accepted psycholo- affected psychologically. <laughs> but if his drives are overpowering him, then even if he has children, he cannot be without being married because he might be overpowered by that psychic force that is the, tr- the sexual drive that we have. That's called hirhur. Hirhur is when a person, some thoughts materialize in the conscious, from the subconscious, relating to that uh, unmet instinct. Dalet Kama banim le'ish misvazo beyado? How many children should a person have in order to be deemed to have fulfilled this mitzvah? Zachar unkeva. A boy and a girl. She emar Zachar unkeva. Because it says in the Torah that Borei Olam had created man to be a species that is fulfilled by having a male specimen and a female specimen. Hayah ben saris, bat ailonit, lo ki If the son... Was a saris or the daughter was ailonit. In both cases, they cannot have further children. He did not fulfill the misa. In other words, not only a boy and a girl, but also a boy and a girl that they themselves can procreate. <laughs> if God forbid one's own children pass away, they die, but they left children, in other words, this person has grandchildren, then the mitzvah is fulfilled because the grandchildren can meet the obligation of living children. In other words, what we want is to preserve the species, to preserve humanity, and even if you sort of skip a generation, so long as there is a generation later on, the mitzvah is fulfilled, and the bene-banim are called banim. When are we saying that the grandchildren are sufficient if each of them corresponds to the gender that the person had an obligation to leave behind? So let's say the boy, he, has, he had a boy and a girl, and God forbid they pass away, but they leave each of them a boy or a girl, it doesn't matter which leaves which, so, so long as he has a second generation of a boy and a girl from both of his offspring, or from from, so it, it can it cannot be two and zero; it has to be one and one. Then that's fine. However, if he had, if he had uh, two children, he had a boy and a girl, and God forbid they both die, and the boy had two children, a boy and a girl, the girl didn't have anything. He didn't yet fulfill his father. Very interesting. B'svah, if a person was not Jewish and he had children, a boy and a girl, and they converted, so he has fulfilled the Mitzvah. Very interesting because, for many respects, we consider children that one has while before the Giur as not one's own children, but for this purpose, for this purpose of it is considered. However, very interesting also, if someone is a servant, and as a servant has children, a boy and a girl, and then he and the children are freed together, they are not considered his own children, a slave, a servant, is considered, legally speaking, not to have, while they are in that servitude state, they don't have fatherhood, they, they don't create this relationship of father to children, so these are not really his children for purposes of Yehus. Hala Lo adam ki misvat isha in se- separate halakha, separate subject because we care so much about periyah or Now we go back to kiddushin to actual marriage details. And a person should not marry a girl whom he knows is probably not bear children to him, for example, if she's inferred, if she's not fertile, or she's uh, post menopause, or she's ilonite, or she's uh, too little to have children. So all of this he should not do unless unless he already has children or that he has another wife with whom to have children. So one very important point. One thing Harambam is not saying here. Harambam is not saying here that the only reason to be together, a husband and a wife, is to have children. In fact, if someone already has children, he can marry someone who is akara. As, as, it, as, it, as it's, uh, it's very clear here. The only case in which you may not marry Akara is if you don't have children, and this is not because being together with the Akara is a problem per se. It's not. There is nothing wrong with it per Harambam. However, it's a problem not to have the means by which to fulfill the mitzvah of Periyah Urviyah. Very. Uh, Tragic and uh, tr- uh, dramatic halakha, if a person is married to his wife for ten years and they cannot have children for ten yeah. years Then halakha is should get divorced or at the same time He should marry a second wife who can hopefully bring children to the world Of course is halakha not halakha le a very sensitive situation uh, It's not uh, nobody in their right mind will just read this and make such a life-altering decision, especially when today there is so many things that can be done. And, and by the way, we learned this from from, uh, Abraham and Sarah. Abraham waited 10 years for Sarah, and after Sarah could not have children for 10 years, that's when he took Hagar as a second wife. If, if, however, the person doesn't want to, to, to do this, to, to divorce his current wife in order to get married to someone who can bear children, the bed dean can obligate him to do so because the obligation, the individual obligation for everyone to bring children to the world is enforceable by the community. There is a communal aspect to it. It's the interests of society that everyone tries to reproduce. They can even enforce it by physical coercion. And even if he wants to stay with her, and she wants to also stay and, 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 and they say, we want to remain married without being together, this is not a sufficient solution because, again, what we want is for him to be together with someone and have children. So one of the solutions he can have is to marry another wife, a second wife, with whom to have children, like Abraham did with Hagar. Shahat ayseer shanim velo vahare hu yore shichvat zira kachetz hazkat there is a concept here I want to explain yorekahes yorekahes is a euphemism it means someone who can shoot straight shoot an arrow straight it's a term taken from military context of being able to to uh, to pull a bow and shoot an arrow straight to translate it to our days is the absence of all kinds of erectile dysfunction so if someone doesn't have any of those problems in in his own uh, intimate life, and they've been 10 years together, although we don't know for a fact that the problem is not his. Some people have a very low sperm count, but the hazaka, the presumption, is that probably it's on her. She's the one who cannot have children with the sechel in which case, uh, because of this presumption, she doesn't also get the ketubah because the husband, the way the halakha was written, the husband did his part he tried to make it work, and but he, he has to have children, and therefore he's not penalized. He doesn't trigger the insurance of ketubah that is normally triggered by a get that is given voluntarily just because he no longer wants to be with her. In this case, he would like to stay together, but he also wants to have children, and he doesn't have any problems, any sexual dysfunction problems. So according to 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 the medicine back then, it was assumed that the problem was with her, and therefore we don't penalize him if he when he divorces her. The however, although she loses the basic amount of the insurance, which is the two hundred zuzim, she gets it a tosephe.se a again, could be a million zuzim. It's anything over the two hundred basic zuzim.. Because we don't want this to be, this is not a worse case than the case of Ailonit, which we are going to discuss in Perekafdalet, that if a person marries someone and then discovers she's Ailonit, then she gets a tosef she doesn't get the basic part. They may know Yorekahez, however, if he does have erectile dysfunction, if he does have, a, 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 if, if he has ED, the, the guy, and we assume that she's fine and he's the one who has a problem here. And then when he gets divorced, he owes her the entire amount, the base and the excess. If he says, it's her fault that we are not having children, she says, no, it's his fault. And I can tell you that he has um, some uh, ED issues. a we believe her because obviously she she knows, she she has uh, intimate knowledge of, of what uh, his issues may or may not be. And, and by the way, we also believe her because she is, is entitled to the ketubah and now the question is whether she'll lose it or not. So he's the one who has the burden to prove that the problem is with her, not with him. And as in many cases we, we explained in the past, he is able to just issue a an indefinite uh, curse. He can say, "Cursed be the woman because of whose lies I'm losing this amount of money without saying that you are cursed because the Beddin is now giving her the reason. So we don't want anyone to say, to, to say anything that implies that Bedin is acting unjustly. So in the abstract, he can say, curse be the woman who, who is doing this. And afterwards, he after he does this harem, he must give the ketubah. However, if he says, it's her problem, and she says, I don't know, it might be mine, might be his, then we have another rule in, in, in arguments, when an argument is, I am right, and the other says, maybe I'm right, then we go with the one that says, I am right. So she loses the and then she gets the rest. Because the, the, the amount in this case needs to stay with the one who now has possession of it, which is the husband, until she makes a clear-cut argument with certainty that he has some uh, erectile dysfunction. why do we believe her? Because uh, uh, many forms of this erectile dysfunction are such that the woman can feel better than the man what is in reality happening. So because of that, we believe her more than we believe him, because maybe he doesn't even know. Um, if a woman comes and claims after 10 years, I want, I want, to, I want my husband to divorce me, because he cannot have children and he is not yorecahes. He has ED, some erectile dysfunction. Uh, by the way, it's not only erectile dysfunction, it's other sexual disorders in which the husband, for whatever anatomical reason, cannot have the the, the sperm reach the eggs of the wife. So that's yorecahes, all of those things. Uh, it, it's a conjunction of of Things that might be identified. There are several disorders, but all of them are yorekachet. So if she comes in make, and makes that claim, you would think that she doesn't have a bisvav periyah urvia. So so long as he wants to stay, they should stay together. But no, because she has the right to have children separate and apart from bisvav periyah urvia. She has the right to demand to demand a get after ten years. The and we obligate her to to, uh, to... and uh, in that case she only gets the aikal of the ketubah the 201st zuzim, not the excess because the excess whenever a husband adds an excess over the ketubah the intention is to remain married until he's the one who chooses to divorce her or until he's the one who who dies the intention is not when for that amount to be extra in the event that he's forced to give a gets if the man was traveling for 10 years or he was sick or she was sick, or either of them was a prisoner, then all of that time is not counted for those 10 years. 10 years is 10 years of being together and trying to conceive to have children. <inaudible> if the woman was able to get pregnant and she miscarried, then you start counting 10 years from the moment that she miscarried. <inaudible> However, if a woman miscarriages three times in a, in a row, then this can also serve to establish a presumption that uh, her her womb is not capable of growing a fetus to to term, and therefore this is also uh, a justification for him to to understand that he is not going to have children from her, and for them to get divorced. If uh, if he wants to stay with her and apparently she doesn't want to stay so he claims, oh, she was pregnant that she miscarried and she says, no, I, I was never pregnant and never miscarried because if, if she had miscarried in the middle of the 10 years we would have started counting from the moment she miscarried we believe her. Why is that? Because She has no vested interest in getting to herself a name of of a woman that cannot have that cannot become pregnant. So, too, if he says she miscarried twice and she says I miscarried three times, we believe her. And her argument is stronger because again, she has it's contrary to her interest to claim that she miscarried three times because miscarrying three times establishes the presumption of someone who cannot have a baby to term. And then he has to give her the ketubah when, and, and divorce her. However, because in in either of these cases, the consequence is that he loses money. So she loses in terms of her status. We believe her because she is either saying that she cannot have children or she's saying that she cannot have a fetus to term. And it's not something convenient, it's not something that anyone would lie about. However, he is entitled to make her swear to take an oath that indeed that's the case, because at the end of the day, because of her argument, he's now forced to 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 give her the get and the full amount of the ketubah. So she he is is allowed to to um to force her to take some water set Hala khayyud dalak nisat li hada shahad 19 sanin wal yalda wa wasiaha mutarrid linasel lashni shahad li mashni az sanin wal yalal lat nasel lashli shi wni sad lashli shi tasabelo ktuba illa yemken yeslo isha halat ashkiya misfa balia unvia got married and she was with, 10, with, with the first one for 10 years and couldn't have children and they got divorced she gets married to number two. They are together for ten years and cannot have children. She gets divorced. She should not get married to a third person. And if she does get married, the other person is entitled to divorce her without ketubah because the presumption is that um, th- that she cannot have children. However, she can remarry for the third time someone who already has children and doesn't need her from isvat or diavuvia. Halachat etvav. If the woman comes to the Bedin and says, uh, "I, uh, my husband cannot be with me like um, like, uh, in a way that, that will bring about children against some erectile dysfunction, or he's not Yorek his sperm does not reach me. The dayanim should try to Uh, mediate between them and try to get them to an agreement without forcing it upon either of them. And they should try to to convince her and say the following. You should... (coughs) The appropriate thing is for you to give a chance to your husband for 10 years and then if in these 10 years things are, are still not improving, they are still not better, then you come back and you can make a formal claim and we can force them to give you a get. <speaking in Hebrew> and they try to convince her, but they don't force her to stay with him. <speaking in Hebrew> of course, if she doesn't want to continue trying to be with him, although in other circumstances she will be more because she's denying her husband the the benefit of of being together of intimacy in this case she's not a more and the dianim should really really try to talk them through it and reach some sort of an agreement uh, that's acceptable by everyone <laughs> Even if a person already fulfilled the basic a boy and a girl, the the rabbanan, not mid is to continue trying to have children so long as he's physically able to do so, because increasing even one. Life in Am Israel, it's as if you are creating an entire world, an entire group of people. Potentially, uh, you know, one man can be a whole the, the whole uh, humanity, a whole civilization. So too, prescribed that a per- that the man should not be without being married, even if he has children so that he doesn't come to hirhur, the instinct, the sexual instinct in men is very, very strong, or a woman without a man, because also socially, people are going to, um, God forbid, suspect her of uh, being promiscuous. al kol ish le'kannot le'ishto. tahara, ve'lo now two separate things a man according to this halacha, should be careful and should feel responsible for the faithfulness of his wife he should not uh, he should not encourage his wife or even be okay with his wife behaving in a way that's promiscuous that's uh, le-kannot. and and uh, and, uh, but he should not do so to, to an extreme. He should not do so in a way that's, uh, I guess, based on the circumstances considered too much. And separately, a second point, which we also are going to say in another in another chapter, um, when they are together, he may not do so uh, against her will, but rather it always needs to be uh, by when they both want to do so and from a conversation and a happy, a, a high mood. So prescribed that the woman should <coughs> be should have even inside her own home. She shouldn't uh, be too light Uh, She shouldn't be too um, promiscuous or talking about banal and silly things, even in front of her husband. (inaudible) She should not be explicit when she wants to to be together with her husband. (inaudible) She shouldn't talk about this like it's something commonplace. It should all be reserved for intimacy, for something that's, that's not talked about in the open, even within one's own house. She should also not play hard to get, so that he wants her more. But rather, she should be willing to be together whenever he wants. Uh, he wants this, but And she should also be careful and try to to, to behave with seniority, even next to his own family members, so that. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't become jealous. And she should stay away from anything that is inappropriate or even seems to be inappropriate. That a person should respect his wife more than what he respects himself. Just a side note here. Whenever you see the word gufo in Divrei HaChamim, does not mean one's own body, but it means one's self. So, for example, in Masechet Abot, masati la guftov e'la shetika," it doesn't mean I have never found to the body something that's better than being quiet, but rather it meant it means I have never found something that benefits oneself self more than uh, not speaking. And holding out what you have to say for as long as you can. And he must love her like he loves himself. And if he has means, he should benefit his wife, he should spend on his wife however much he can afford. He should not be too strict with her should not uh, make her uh, be intimidated by him he should always talk to his wife in a calm and nice way also in front of her he should not he should not show himself depressed or angry or aggressive these are not qualities that con- are conducive for a good marriage So Tuha Chameem said that the wife should honor her, her husband and respect her husband more than what's considered to be just enough. And she should not only honor him, but also respect him. And she should consult him before everything she does. Husbands love that when their wife consults them for advice. She should treat him, she should see him as a minister or as a king. She should do what she knows pleases is, is pleasing in his eyes. She should stay away from things that she knows he hates. And this is the right way that of behavior of of uh, of Bene Israel of the, the boys of Israel and the girls of Israel that are kedoshim that have this kiddushin that creates a kedushabit among them. Hatehorim they have a Tahora in their being together in their togetherness and through these ways, these these habits, their their uh, their household and their their ishuvan, their living together is always going to be beautiful and praiseworthy. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.